Welcome, white men warriors, to the Practicing the Pillars podcast, where every airman is a leader. When you lead yourself first, others will line up to follow. Friends, we are standing on mountains together. We are braving stormy seas together. We are joining with one another so that we can experience hope and joy and overcoming. We are so glad that you're with us today on the Practicing the Pillars podcast. We are very excited today. We've got a very special guest with us, a gentleman by the name of Mike Myers. Mike Myers is a United States Air Force Defender Security Forces at Offutt Air Force Base, but he is also a Air Force Wounded Warrior, AFW-2, right, Mike? Yes, sir. AFW-2 Ambassador. He uh, gets out across the Air Force and shares his story of resilience and hope and uh, and positivity so he's joined us today and he's going to tell us a little bit about uh his story mike welcome we're glad you're here well thank you sir really appreciate it i i kind of want to make a joke about your name mike myers so let me just get that out of the way hey baby groovy groovy yeah man so we're glad that you're here uh i'd like you to uh, just take a minute and tell us a little bit i know you've shared with a lot of folks on base already your story so if we can get uh the the short version tell us a little bit about your story mike yeah, so I've been in the Air Force for 19 and a half years, uh, Mass Sergeant up at Offutt Air Force Base. I work with uh, non-wounded, wounded, or ill-injured airmen who, uh, with the Office of the Warrior Advocate. Uh, my story starts out high speed and happy. Uh, I was a defender. I joined the Air Force, got married, did some really cool things, uh, deployed to Afghanistan in 2006. Um, didn't know that my normality was going to change into an abnormality. Uh, got blown up by an RPG in 2006, September 6, 2006. Wow. Um, and my life changed. When I returned home, there was a piece of me that was missing. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what was going on with me. I thought I was, um, you know, different. Um, I was angry. I'd yell at my wife, yell at my kids. I didn't want to go outside. I didn't want to, didn't want to take part in normal activities. Um, I would destroy my kids with my verbal, mm. my verbal language. Uh, um, I'd escape into video games because I couldn't take the stress and the, the lack of security outside of, of my job, um, when I got home. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was bad. And I went nine and a half years because of the stigma of my career being affected, being a defender, being a staff sergeant in the United States Air Force, I wanted to do amazing things. I wanted to do good stuff to help people. And I felt like I couldn't do that if I went to mental health. So you had a positive motivation, a good motivation, which was to serve and to continue serving with honor. But that positive motivation triggered some, some, some maladaptive uh, responses to a traumatic event. Uh, because you were motivated to to do a good thing, you ended up not doing what you needed to do for nine years. Is that is that fair to say? Absolutely. I didn't take okay. care of myself, and it only affected my family because that's the only people I allowed it to affect. They're the only ones that saw behind the curtain. So, Mike, what did what did you do nine nine years later? Uh, what did you do to uh, to readjust and to recage? So, my wife uh, suffered stage three rectal cancer, and. Wow. Um, 
at that point, I was like, you know what, I need to take care of me because I, you know, I need to do it for them. And so I went to mental health. I went to behavioral health, got diagnosed with a traumatic brain injury, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, sleep apnea. I got put so on you meds. Had no diagnosis mm-hmm. for nine and a half years. No diagnosis. You had a traumatic brain injury mm-hmm. that happened 12 or nine years prior, but it had never been diagnosed. And so not you, not anybody knew what you were really experiencing. The only people that knew was my wife. But you couldn't define it. You couldn't explain mm-hmm. it. You couldn't work through it because you didn't even know what was what was causing it. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and the good thing is, is when I started to seek care, my leadership was amazing. My leadership allowed me to get the care I needed. Um, I was able to share to other defenders as they were deploying as an instructor. Um, I started to tell my story. And every time I told my story, it got a little easier every time. Um, the mental health docs were amazing. I got the care I needed. Um, Air Force Wounded Warrior Program stepped in and helped me through my med board process. I got returned to duty. My commander said, fit fit for duty, retain. And here I am still in the military today. So in, in the midst of that uh, experience, you, you had this sort of idea that if I go and get help, um, I'm not going to get the support that I need and I'm going to lose my job. When you went and got help, what you actually discovered was that there was a whole community of people around you that, that encouraged you to get the help that you needed, wanted you to get the help that you needed, and, and it actually did not have uh, the impact on your career that you had spent nine years being afraid of it having. You're absolutely that, right. It did not affect my career at that point in time, which was amazing. Um, my thought process and the stigma behind it was not exactly what happened, which was amazing. And I tell you what, when we adjust to our new norm and we take an abnormality and we change it into a new norm, um, that norm is always shifting. So I PCS to off at Air Force Base in 2018, and then I deployed to Afghanistan again at the end of 2018, and I wasn't ready for it. There were things that triggered me when I was downrange, like seeing the Roll 3 Hospital at Kandahar and seeing my buddy Lynn Anderson's face because he was blown up by an IED in 2012. It triggered everything again. And then seeing a U.S. soldier being brought off a helicopter who was KIA um, triggered it again. And then for six and a half months, I operated in a fog and then returned in April of last, this last year. Um, and I was operating in a fog every day. And the thought of m- and my process and the job I was in, I was afraid that I was going to mess up, that one day I would come in and I wouldn't be able to operate or I would make a mistake because I was so focused on, on you know, my, my, my PTSD yeah. that it kept me in that fog. And then I started destroying my family again, mm-hmm. which is not good. Uh, so, so. You had this experience, and then you spent nine years not getting help. Then you got help. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you learned some tools um, to, to be able to manage uh, your life in, 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 in healthy ways. And then you go back, uh, and, and, you, and you get triggered all over again. But, but you didn't seek help immediately. Um, what did, did you not know that you had been triggered again? Or, or, or did you not know that you had kind of kind of reverted back? Or did you know that you had gone back um, in, into this kind of mentally unstable place? Did you, not, did you know and decide not to do anything about it? Or did you, did you not realize that you were back in that fog again and you were just grinding hard and pushing and, and it was so familiar to be back in that fog that it, it, you didn't realize that you were back there? No, I, I knew I was back there. 
And I knew it was, was evident that I was back there. But the thing is, is I knew where I needed to go to get help. I just needed to get to that point to where I could get help because I was too busy helping others in my job. Um, in my position that I was working in at the time. Um, but I tried to use behavioral health techniques of, of, you know, bringing it to the forefront of my mind saying, Hey, you're safe. Nobody's trying to attack you. I tried to, to, to do that, but I couldn't, I couldn't conceal it. And it just kept overflowing. And so, um, suicidal ideations crept in, uh, and because I'd see the look on my wife's face and my kid's face after I got done having my adrenaline dump and my PTSD episode that, um, I was like, you know, I need to get back in. So I found an opportunity with my new job to be able to apply for this job, get this job so that I can not only help people, but also help myself. Got over the psych doc, got back on my meds, got back into therapy, um, got plugged in with AFW2 even more and went to care of it in Andrews uh, back in November. And just hearing the story of other veterans, other warriors who are going through the same thing as me that destroyed their families the same way and that deal with the same issues and to see how happy they are. It just inspires me to be that happy so that I can be happy for my family, but also be there for my troops and also be there for myself. Cause I give too much time and effort into everybody else that I don't take care of myself. Mm. So I, I, I heard you say that you, uh, you recognize that you were there uh, back in that in that sort of fog, as you describe it, which I think is a good way to describe it. Uh, you knew you were back in that fog. Previously, it took you nine and a half years uh, to go and seek help. Uh, what was the timeline this second time um, that before you went and sought help? Six months, a year, uh, a, a year and a half, 18 yeah. months? What was the timeline? Uh, so from April of last year when I returned home of 19, November of 19 is when I had been started to, to, to seek my help. Um, so I knew there was a process and it takes a while. It took me two and a half months to get to the psych doc, which, you know, is not ideal, but I knew exactly where I needed to go and I knew how to get there. I just knew it would take a little time. So it got easier. It did. It got easier. Once you did it, once you, once you got up on that mountain once, um, and sought the help that you needed when, when it came time again to go back and, and, connect with people and do the things that you need to do to, 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 to get healthy. It was a lot easier second time through. It was absolutely not, not necessarily the symptoms weren't easier. Maybe they were, maybe they were a little more intense. Um, but, but the plan of attack and going and seeking help and, and, and connecting with people was a lot easier the second time. Do you think that if you, uh, if you were to find yourself in the fog again, um, it would be that much easier to go and do what you need to do. Absolutely. Cause I know that there's a network of people out there yeah. that are willing to listen and yeah. willing to take care of me. Um, and sometimes honesty is the best way when mm-hmm. individuals come into our office and they seek help at the office of the warrior advocate, we say, Hey, go be honest with your leadership. Like you were with us. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times you'll be leadership will be more receptive to that when they see the truth come something out. about keeping things a secret right um you're you're only as sick as your secrets uh and uh there's a, a great line the truth um will set you free um, absolutely i wonder if the first time you actually told somebody um that you were hurting that you were struggling if it felt like a huge weight 
had been lifted off your shoulders. It, it absolutely did. Yeah. And the key is non-judgmental listening. Yeah. Not yeah. judging somebody and not jumping to conclusions. Yeah. Not getting too busy in your day-to-day life that you don't see the little bitty signs of somebody saying help. So we know, uh, we know when we're struggling uh, and, and sometimes we're just waiting for somebody else to ask us, Absolutely. Hey, do you need something? Uh, and, and because we're afraid to say it ourselves. And, and, and from this, I'm, I'm hearing two things. One, don't be afraid to say it yourself when you're struggling. And two, if you notice that somebody might be struggling, don't be afraid to ask them because it might be that, uh, they are waiting for you to just say, Hey man, uh, do you need to take a knee? Um, so you, you went to wounded warrior um, a couple of times and you've been to mental health, you've been to behavioral health, you've been to psych, uh, to, to docs. Uh, can you tell us just a little bit about what you do on a daily basis? Uh, how you maintain that posture of resilience? So when I got back from Andrews, the word that I use to keep me going is deliberate. I try to be more deliberate in what I do at home. Okay. Um, when I drive home from work, I try to dump everything. And then I go in with a happy attitude to be able to take care of my wife and kids um, and and really give them the attention that they need. Um, you know, because my wife, she's more of an inspiration than I could ever be to anybody. Uh, she's my backbone and uh, she she holds us together. So so yeah. you're intentional about your about your health and your resilience. You're yes, intentional sir. that in addition to being intentional, what? What are the intentional things you do? You said you make a, you make a brain dump. Um, mm-hmm. You have a conversation with yourself. Um, I mean, wh- what does that look like? Uh, how I do take you do- a breath. Yeah. And I go in and I try to focus on my wife to listen to her, ask her questions, to get yeah. her talking so that I can hear her day because she goes through stuff too as well. And then I try to connect with my kids um, as much as I can. And then, you know, it's hard sometimes yeah. because there's so many tasks that have to be done. Um, and sometimes all I want to do is just, you know, suck away into, to the couch or, or something like that to, to relieve the stress. Yeah. But, uh, um, I make it more deliberate to put myself in those situations to where I'm present. Yeah. Being present. So Mike, you're a, you're a wounded warrior ambassador. Can you tell us just a little bit about the wounded warrior program? Uh, what it is to be a wounded warrior ambassador? Um, and also how being a wounded warrior ambassador contributes to your own healing and to your own resilience. Because I think um, one of the things that that uh, we sometimes miss is the way in which uh, connecting with other people and actually serving and helping other people can be very effective to in our own wellness and health and resilience. So tell us just a little bit about your, uh, your role as a Wounded Warrior Ambassador, how Wounded Warrior has impacted you. And, uh, and, and how it contributes to your own healing and health. Yeah, so Air Force Wounded Warrior Program and the Ambassador Program in general helps me uh, cultivate on how to tell my story, not change stuff in my story, but how to tell my story to impact others. And helping others is what helps me. So the Air Force Wounded Warrior Program has a peer-to-peer support for individuals who are dealing with the same issues. When you go to a care event, you're not abnormal. You're normal. Because everybody there is going through something the same, or they're going through their own story, but they can relate to what you're going through, whether it be military sexual trauma, whether it be cancer, whether it be a traumatic brain injury, whether it be PTSD, whether it be some kind of rare form of medical condition, there are people there 
to put their hands on you and say, hey, give me a hug. It's okay. You're normal. So, yeah, so so what does a Wounded Warrior Ambassador event look like? You show up and you hear folks talk and you get connected to resources? So we get, we get to hear other ambassadors going through training talk as well and tell their stories. And then the Air Force Wounded Warrior Program plugs us into the community like we're doing here at Whiteman to be able to help people um, and tell our stories. And then we get to see other warriors in adaptive sports, empowerment and transition, caregivers. Uh, we get to see them get the care as well that they're needing. So we get to travel around and see all that stuff, which is amazing. So uh, you think that a uh, wounded warrior is going to be a part of your life forever? Uh, forever. Yeah, that's Absolutely. awesome. Mike, thank you so much for taking some time uh, to come in and to hang out with us. Uh, we're really grateful for your vulnerability, for your honesty. We're really grateful for your willingness to come and, uh, and tell us about Wounded Warrior, uh, AFW2, and, and how it can make an impact in our lives and in the lives of other people other people mike thanks so much thank you